Go. Streaming from South Africa to the world. To the world. This is the Stonks Go Moon podcast. What just happened? We break it down so you don't have to. Welcome everyone to the Stonks Go Moon podcast. Our guest today, Chad Cozy, is an expert in the field of blockchain and Web3. Chad, welcome to the pod. Uh, thank you for having me, Rocco. I'm really excited to be here. I have an interesting so nice to have you and so, so nice to speak to an expert, I guess, because let's cut to the chase. There's a lot of bullshit in this industry that we are finding ourselves in, especially in Web3, where there's a lot of people running around with surface level information and calling themselves self, self-titled Web3 experts. The latest one that I saw last week was a metaverse officer i don't know what a metaphors officer is or does i if someone can please tell enlighten me um but first of all like what is web3 to you what does it mean to to chad i think to me web3 is really uh more of an ideology Mm. uh, than than an actual technology i think it's more than just blockchain Okay. Uh, I think for a long time, uh, people have been feeling like they can't be their own person almost because the governments, financial institutions, and more recently, technology companies uh, yes. kind of largely control what they see, what people do, uh, mm-hmm. and a bunch of other things. And I think it's a bit of a pushback against that. Uh, people want to have more control of their own lives, uh, uh, particularly around finances and their data it seems. Uh, and so, yeah, I think it's just the start. I don't think we really know what it will be, uh, mm. but I think it's largely driven by how people feel they're treated by large institutions. So the control aspect that you talked about, that's the centralized versus decentralized debate. Am I right? Okay. Yes. So, so my question is, and it's been for a while, is how can we, okay, do we need 100% to it, web3 to be decentralized right and then how can we do that when we have these tech giants that you're basically building on their platforms so i don't think it's possible to be fully decentralized nor do i think we should aim for full decentralization Um, i think a lot of systems a lot of technologies work really well in a centralized manner Uh, they, they were built specifically for purpose Um, And they do a really good job at that. Um, uh, However, I do think that a certain degree of decentralization, primarily around people's data uh, and uh, people's financial transactions, uh, Mm -hmm. is necessary. I think it should be full decentralization is is impossible, for one thing. I don't think... Okay, so what? Just explain to me as a, a imagine I'm a layman and and someone you you need to explain to me why is it impossible? You, I suppose. So people are are very different, right? Yes. Um, everyone, they come from different backgrounds. They come from different countries. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they have different cultures, different beliefs, uh, and it is it is basically impossible to convince every single person on the planet that they need to take part in this thing and help make sure that it works properly. Um, And to me, that is full decentralization. Every single person on the planet uh, taking part and making decisions 
uh, well, helping to validate transactions in the blockchain. Oh, that, okay. That is not possible. Okay, so you're basically looking at a, a sort of a hybrid system. You said, okay, we don't know what, it, what exactly what it's going to be, but at the current stage, we have a hybrid system where we have these tech giants. Apple just came out this week, um, major sweeping changes of regulations and in the NFTs, um, in the app store, sorry, regulating NFTs, basically put, putting everything within that 30% um, tax bracket saying that you can't activate any features. You can't, you can basically look at an NFT, but if Apple's not getting, if Apple's not getting 30% of that, you can forget about it, right? So that goes against that whole grain that you just talked about. Yeah, and look, I think I'm someone who believes that Apple has every right to do that. Um, if okay. the people okay. who buy Apple products are okay with that, they can do it. Um, if they think it'll benefit them, they can do it. Um, but at the same time, uh, if people want to stop using your products, uh, then you made a bad decision. Okay. Uh, so I think with tech giants and stuff, I think certain aspects of our lives will always be centralized because it just works better that way. It's more efficient, mm -hmm. it's more effective, um, okay. and more can be done. But I think okay. giving that degree of control to people where they have the option to mm. take the control for themselves is the important aspect. Mm. So you're saying basically that people that are shouting full decentralization, they're talking nonsense? Yes. Okay, well, um, good to get that out of the way. Um, building forwards or going forwards, how do you see us building differently from Web 2? Are we going to stop at Web 2.5 at some stage? 2.5 is something that I've also I'm seeing creep up here. I think I think it is. it will be closer to Web 2.5 than Web 3. Um, I think the I, one thing I would like to see yes. is being built differently, is being more people-centric, mm -hmm. being more customer-centric. I think trying to maximize profits has done, I think it's created some exceptional companies, but at the same time, I think a lot of people have, a lot of employees, a lot of customers have felt quite hard done by, by that because their needs weren't looked after. Okay. Um, so in terms of uh, financial decentralization or data decentralization, where people can own their own assets and their own uh, data. Yes, I think that is something I definitely like to see. Um, I'd like people to have more control over their own lives. Um, but it's not to say that they shouldn't be allowed to say, okay, no, you know what, you're a bank, you can take control and protect my assets. Mm -hmm. uh, because that means the onus isn't on me. Yes. Uh, but I think it's important to give people the choice. I like that. Before we move on, um, something that in the last couple of weeks that came up is generative AI, um, platforms like OpenAI with DALI and DALI2. Um, how do you see that fitting into the Web3 space? Because it's making a lot of noise. Is there substance behind it? I think in terms of the technology itself, I think it will have a uh, quite a role to play in the future of design and art um, mm -hmm. as like a tool. Uh, yes. to improve those processes. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't, at the moment, I don't see it having too much of an effect on Web3 itself. I think mm -hmm. it might play a bit of a role in the metaverse, uh, okay. whatever that turns out to be. I think in the design of games, 
uh, and virtual spaces, I think it yes. could probably do a lot. Uh, but in terms of its current trajectory, uh, we're still finding out exactly uh, what that will be. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Load Shedding in South Africa. For those watching on YouTube and thought I just went dark, that is what it is. Talking about the metaverse, I just fucking quickly went to the metaverse and came back. Um, <laughs> let's let's move on. Let's talk about DAOs, right? So DAOs for let's yeah again. I'm like a novice and I don't know what's going on. You might have heard the term DAO and oh, you need to start a DAO and the DAO is a new thing. But let's start from the beginning. What is a DAO? So. A DAO is basically, to me, it's basically the equivalent of a business on mm -hmm. the blockchain. Okay. Um, I think so. If you and I both have Ethereum addresses, we can set up a DAO through the, a smart contract um, yes. where you and I have control over what happens with the DAO in terms of if we have some money in there, how is it spent, uh, and uh, certain other decisions about uh, how it operates. So, um, it's, so, 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 so it's like voting rights. It's a science voting yes. rights in a, in a sense. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, so very, very similar to how the directors of a company uh, or the shareholders of a company would, of a public company would vote on certain things. Uh, yes. Very similar, except this controls basically every decision of the DAO. Um, yeah, like the DAO stands for Decentralized Autonomous Organization. And once that vote has come about, and it's say more than 50% for a particular option, uh, then that uh, action will be automatically executed. Uh, so if we want, if the vote is, must we send $10,000 to market on Facebook ads and Google mm -hmm. ads, mm -hmm. uh, then if that vote goes through, then $10,000 will be immediately yes. executed to yes. be spent that way. What are some of the pros and cons? Because just sort of off the top of my head, I'm thinking giving that amount of... Uh, well, assuming how many people are in the DAO, right? But if there's a lot of people, doesn't it sort of become more like a democracy then where the majority will rule and that decision might not be in the best interest of the company or the DAO on the blockchain, like you said? I I completely subscribe to that belief. I think I think the thing is, I think it can be, it's a two-edged sword, right? Okay. Um, I think if you have a DAO that is a community-driven DAO, uh, yes. where the community yes. uh, benefits from what the DAO does constantly and they make decisions together, I think it can turn out to be a very good thing. But not all businesses or organizations uh, can really operate like that. Uh, a lot of the time you need a few key individuals who are very knowledgeable, uh, very focused on what they want to do and they are the key people to drive the success of the organization and in that sense uh, having a bunch of people who don't necessarily know enough make the decisions can turn yeah. out to be a very bad, bad choice you talked about community right do i need any um degree or any um permits or whatever to start a dao what is that process like no you don't um I think in the future, you might run into a little bit of regulation uh, mm -hmm. because a lot, I think the way they operate uh, is very similar to how public companies operate. Um, and so there is definitely in the future, there will be a couple of risks with regards to regulation. 
Um, as to whether anyone can set them up right now, yeah, I'm sure there are a few companies that you can pay a fee and they'll set it up for you. Okay. Um, but if you don't have that kind of money, uh, you can build it yourself using a smart contract. Mm -hmm. um, but I would be very hesitant if you're not an accomplished developer to do that because there are a lot of risks involved with smart contracts if they're not properly audited. Uh, and if there's security vulnerabilities, uh, someone could easily drain the smart contract of all the funds that are in there. And that would be horrendous. Uh, so See, that's very careful. That's where I wanted to, to, to sort of get to because people running around telling small companies, telling people, oh, you need to start a DAO. Yeah, I can do this and that, can do that. And yeah, we see all this technology and we see, okay, it the, the benefits, but no one's really talking about the negatives. And that's one of the reasons that I love following you and I love following your content is because you are a pragmatic person. You sort of tell it like it is. And I know that you get a lot of hate for that because, you know, how dare you, you know, talk bring logic into this argument? How dare you, Chad? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Look, at I think, I think for me, I really want the space to succeed. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that comes with being honest and saying this is what is actually being done really poorly yes. and we really need to improve it yes. and also we need to decide where does it where does blockchain in itself and cryptocurrency mm -hmm. and all these extensions work well and where does it not um, yes. because there's no point following a path where it's just going to lead to disaster we need to stick to the things it does really well speaking of the things that it does really well blockchain has been around for a while i know you're active in the finance space um, if I say blockchain in finance is called DeFi, is that correct? Uh, yeah, I think that's a large element of, uh, it, I think, uh, in general, blockchain is very financial already okay. um, and how it operates. Um, but I think that is a large goal of the yes. Web3 community is to decentralize finance completely. Okay, so looking at the traditional banking systems, how we are doing now, how do you say blockchain in the future? How can blockchain disrupt that space in a logical and pragmatic way? So uh, there's a notion that uh, finance will be completely, current finance will be completely taken over exactly. by decentralized finance and i completely disagree mm. uh, i think that lots of financial institutions are starting to uh, learn about blockchain start pilot programs um, mm. hire people who are experts in the technology and they are seriously starting to see the real value it can provide um, so i don't think it will ever replace current financial institutions. I think they have large capital bases and they can actually add a lot of value um, to what has already been created and how what will happen in the next five to 10 years. I think the biggest advantages that come with blockchain being uh, addressed in this area is mm -hmm. creating an open network where anyone in the world can transact with anyone else in the world. Okay. Uh, whether it be a bank in South Africa and a person in uh, China or Japan or the US, I think the current way, like I think we had a conversation about this a while ago about how long international payments take to clear. 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, two, three days. I spent weeks trying to get one through. It was a nightmare. And this is one thing that I think blockchain is, uh, there's no other technology that comes close to it. Uh, I think its ability to record transactions and show everyone the exact same information mm. gives it the ability for banks to, instead of take two or three days, take 30 minutes for transactions to clear. Mm -hmm. uh, and for centuries, the world has always tended towards more efficient means of transaction, whether it was trains taking goods from one side of the country to another or ships sailing around the world. Uh, every single step was a more efficient means to give value from one person to another. And this is just the next step. Um, I And yeah, I think so. I think it has a lot of value in terms of that. Uh, tell me, um, a lot of people confuse the two concepts of crypto and blockchain as being the same thing, right? You've picked it up as well. When I say blockchain, yes. they think crypto. When I say crypto, they think blockchain. You just talked about the, the banks, right? In terms of blockchain, the technology. So when I say crypto, I mean, uh, what do you? what is crypto's relation in terms of blockchain? I think is my question. So uh, a cryptocurrency is a basically the native currency of a blockchain mm. um, so on the bitcoin blockchain yes. uh, there's bitcoin on the yes. ethereum blockchain there's ether yes uh, and so if um transaction takes place then you'll send bitcoin from one person to another or mm -hmm. ether from one person to mm -hmm. another and then you'll pay your fees in that cryptocurrency yes now the blockchain is what basically uh, underpins the cryptocurrency and makes it possible for you to send cryptocurrency from one person to another. Okay, it's a vehicle. Uh, but when and a bank... then the cryptocurrency, oh, sorry, no, uh, no, the cryptocurrency is more of an incentive mechanism and a way means of transaction on the blockchain, uh, as opposed to the technology itself. So when JP Morgan, well, well J Jamie Dimon speaks for JP Morgan, right? So when he comes out and says, we see the value in blockchain, um, but we think that cryptocurrency is nonsense. Um, that's it. I think we need to sort of see what he says because he that's JPM is a large financial institution. Um, where do you think he's coming from? Like just in terms of that relationship between the two i think and i think this is one of the what he is specifically talking about seems mm. to be that a lot of what has happened in cryptocurrency and blockchain in the last 10 years has been driven by hype mm. um and like rug pulls and scams uh and unfortunately uh, the community has given itself a terrible name in a yes. lot of spheres that would give it a lot of credibility. Mm. Um, and so cryptocurrency doesn't, you can't say that it has like an inherent value. I think it is a very good means of transaction, mm -hmm. uh, but you can't, unless people see, think that it has value, mm. then it does, you can't like sell it for a bar of gold. Yes. I'm with you. Um, so I think, but when he's talking about blockchain technology yes i think he realizes that the technology itself can make what banks and financial institutions do more effective easier and reduce how much work they have to do to do what they currently do 
Um, and I think there's the difference. I mean, we can tokenize all kinds of assets from real estate to stocks and bonds, uh, and it would be a far superior and more flexible technology for something like this. Um, and that's where I want us to go, actually, is mm -hmm. take real world assets and exactly. make them available, something like a blockchain. Chad, thank you so much for joining me. I absolutely love your brutal honesty on the industry. If the listeners want to go and follow you and find out more um, about what it exactly you do, where can they do that? Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn at Charcos. Uh, and yeah, uh, please, if you do have that, any questions, please ask me. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, a real Web three and blockchain expert. Hashtag not an influencer. Chad, thank you so much for joining me today. To our listeners, peace, love, and prosperity. And we'll catch you in the next one. Cheers. <laughs>